Welcome to the Woman Warriors Podcast, where we're working to help you call a truce with your anxiety. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, here's your host, Elizabeth Cush, LCPC. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Woman Warriors podcast. Today, we're going to do something a little different. I have as a guest today, Dr. Ellis Edmonds. He's a psychologist out in Oakland, California, and his practice is focused on men with anxiety. So we're going to do a little exploring into how he helps men manage their anxiety. And we're going to explore how mindfulness can enrich and grow your relationships. I hope you enjoy the interview. Hi, Ellis. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Glad to be here. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you into the work that you're doing. Yeah. So um, right now I'm a psychologist with a private practice in Oakland. And really what, what got me into the work, I would say, was my own anxiety, mm-hmm. um, sort of my own story from really going back to high school. I could sort of pinpoint um, having a lot of social anxiety um, around meeting new people, um, talking to love interests, or especially like giving a presentation in front of the class. I would just get terribly nervous, start jittering, um, sweating, mm-hmm. and just have a a really hard time, a lot of anxiety in those kind of situations for myself. Yeah. And and not really being that self-aware um, in high school. And it wasn't until sort of college when I got more interested in psychology and then, of course, mindfulness practices that I really became more aware of uh, my own internal process, what was happening with me, uh, my own anxiety and how, is it, how it was showing up for me. Um, and so that kind of got me down this whole path and really interested in anxiety itself. Yeah. Well, and as you said, it can really, well, especially with social anxiety, but anxiety can impact, yeah, relationships, reaching out to people, just how we mm-hmm. present ourselves in the world. And, you know, I, you know, I share openly as well that that's what has brought me to this work as well, that, you know, my mm-hmm. own anxiety and my journey on learning how to manage it has really um, helped me sort of hone what I want my practice to be. Mm-hmm. Great. We're in it together then. Yes, we are. <laughs> we are. So um, I was kind of perusing your website before the interview, and I just love this concept that you've developed of magic. Like, well, one, the word magic is so magical oh, yes. and positive. <laughs> but I would love for you to kind of tell us more about that and what it stands for. Oh, sure. Um, so magic is sort of this acronym that um, I recently created. And it sort of stands for five different practices that I kind of I've found they've been useful for myself and my own development and um, especially useful for clients and their own growth um, and can really help with anxiety, especially. Um, so it sort of stands for 
five different practices. The M is for mindfulness practices, which we can definitely talk more about. Yep. Um, and the A stands for taking action uh, in the world that aligns with your values. Mm. Um, the, the G stands for gratitude practices. Um, the I is for insight practices. And then the C is compassion. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm happy to talk more specifically about each of those, if you'd like. Um, yeah. That's kind of the overview yeah. of magic. Yeah. So tell me, so mindfulness, we're going to kind of get to that in a little bit, but talk mm. to me a little bit more about like the action and insight. What, what, where, how do you see those? Mm-hmm. And, and gratitude, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like I could talk for hours about it all, but uh, I'll give a <laughs> brief overview of those. Um so action really means to sort of, um, when you go out in the world, we have a lot of choices of how we want to act and how we want to respond to other people and uh, what happens. And so acting on our values is sort of uh, a two-step process of kind of knowing what's important to us, uh, what matters to us, the kind of person that we want to be in the world, and then acting in accordance with that um, and knowing uh, what that would look like, uh, mm-hmm. for example, even in a relationship if um, sort of empathy is important to you, um, an action could just be uh, even listening to your partner and trying to understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Um, thing as simple as that could be an act and acting on your values. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of uh, action. Um, gratitude is the idea that we can kind of shift our perspective on things on kind of anything that's going on in our life. Um, essentially. And uh, oftentimes it's thought of, of looking sort of at the positive, looking at what's going well in our life, what we can be thankful for that we have. Um, and that's great and a good, a good practice. Um, sometimes keeping a gratitude journal or having a, a partner that you can just reflect the things that uh, are going well for you in your life mm-hmm. and shift our mindset. We often kind of focus on the negative what's going wrong and i think anxiety plays a big role in in that um, oh my gosh so much focusing on the negative and so gratitude can kind of shift our perspective to to the positive and what's going well Mm -hmm. and then insight uh sort of means to look within to take your sight and place it within yourself and to know ourselves well um and to kind of understand our process um yeah, and sort of, I mentioned that this was sort of important to me um, finding mindfulness practices and kind of understanding myself better. Yeah, um, and I think through therapy that can be a really good way, or journaling practices can be helpful for kind of understanding ourselves and cultivating more insight. Um, so when you know we get triggered or, or things come up in life, we kind of know what to do. Um, Absolutely. And then compassion um, is sort of about loving ourselves in the difficult times um, and loving others when they're suffering as well. Yeah. Um, I think of it as like when, when suffering meets love, then we can kind of create compassion. Nice. So it's this sort of intention of wanting to relieve the suffering in ourselves or others. And sometimes it's a lot easier to kind of help others when they're suffering and harder for ourselves. So, so um, much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I tend to, to help people more with the self-compassion practices, um, which can be oh so helpful for anxiety. Oh, my uh, gosh. I agree 100%. Yeah. 
but hard, hard for those who have a lot of anxiety and really have never practiced self-compassion before. That can be a struggle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is why it's a, it's a practice. It's, um, yeah, it's something that you kind of need to cultivate over time. And just like any skill, it's going to be really weird and awkward at first, for sure. Yeah. Uh, And so, um, I, as I said to you before we got started, uh, you know, you're like my alter ego across the West, you know, you're on the West Coast, and you're working with people who have anxiety, but you're working with men. So I I would really like to um, kind of talk about that and how you see anxiety impacting men, and how you help them. Yeah. So I think anxiety can kind of show up in a lot of different ways with men. Um, I can I can see it in yeah a lot of different flavors, but mm-hmm. um, probably the most common or one of the most common ways is like one in, in relationships. Um, for sure, it can show up in either sort of the more like worrying about the relationship um, if they're in a relationship, worrying about the the closeness or uh, the stability of the relationship, or it can also kind of show up in the opposite of having a fear of too much closeness, too much intimacy in a relationship, um, and kind of wanting to pull away from it. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I think oftentimes anxiety shows up and affects people's sleep. Um, I think that's the ultimate test of how anxious you are. (laughs) (laughs) When when every all your activities are done for the day and you uh, lie down at night, uh, what goes on with your body? What goes on with your mind? Um, you know, with anxiety, typically there's like a worry about maybe what happened during the day, what this person said, what did that mean, or how did things go at work? Like, am I gonna get fired? It could be any sorts of stuff. Absolutely. And, <laughs> And then our mind can also kind of project into the future and say, like, what's going to happen tomorrow? Like this presentation I have, how is it going to go? And, you know, all sorts of anxiety can show up when we try to go to sleep. And so mm. I think that, uh, yeah, if you're not sleeping well, there's typically some sort of anxiety that's showing up that's preventing it sometimes. Absolutely. Okay, I just want to ask, do you think, are there particular things? So you said within relationships, you know, for men, um, closeness can be an issue. Are there other anxieties or ways that anxiety presents it anxiety presents itself that are more particular to men than you than women? You know, do 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 you see that? Hmm. Um I'm not sure if there's necessarily a particular um gender difference. I think mm-hmm. maybe there's there is some more socialization for men to um to sort of not care as much about their relationships as women. Um, Mm -hmm. So perhaps there is more of of a a slant toward the, um, you know, I'm thinking about attachment styles and Mm -hmm. the more more avoidant uh, attachment. And, and, and what about like um, sort of the underlying causes of the anxiety? Like I know, I mean, our culture is, you know, men hear the story of like, don't feel too much, don't share too much, Mm. you know, be a man. And does, do you feel like that contributes to the sort of anxiety package for them? Uh, yes. So yeah. So how they respond to the anxiety. Yeah. I do think that does play a role, Mm -hmm. um, in in terms of, uh, 
being able to show it or being aware of it or yeah just being able to show kind of like uh quote-unquote weakness um Mm -hmm. in some ways i think men often get socialized to um you know develop their mind a lot with logical reasoning or to kind of be really good at sports is another thing that men get encouraged to do but oftentimes they're not encouraged to really look at their emotional landscape um and so they tend to sort of push away their emotions and oftentimes that's how they're relating to their anxiety is to just not go there yeah essentially yeah Um, or even if if you i i would i'm imagining that you know and plus i have some male clients too so i you know if you were an emotional man someone who was raised to be in touch with the emotions and that might be a difficult place in the world for you too if every other guy you know is like (laughs) all manly and or whatever the stereotypical don't feel don't don't share Mm -hmm. yeah it can certainly make you feel different and like you know you're too feminine or something to that regard yeah Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so how, you know, what's the process for you to help men who are struggling with anxiety? Yeah. So um it's a lot of sort of the the magic that I, I talked about. Mm-hmm. Um and we didn't really talk about mindfulness. Uh, no, no. So let's but, talk about that. But I think that's one of the main things that um I help people with. Um and to me mindfulness means a few things. Um really kind of like being in the present moment is maybe the most important piece of mindfulness um, to kind of be here now with what is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's sort of like the opposite of denial um, or, you know, the anxious mind typically wants to project into the future about all the terrible things that are going to happen in the future or even go into the past and worry about what happened in the past and how that's going to affect your future. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being in the present moment, um, and often those practices are kind of being more in your body um, or being more in your emotions, yeah. um, can really be helpful for, for people to kind of look at their anxiety. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it, and especially if you're not, if you've learned to sort of tune out the emotion and how it impacts your body and your brain, that tuning in, you know, the more mindful. Mm-hmm. way of being i would imagine can be super he- well i know because I, I i practice <laughs> it too it can be very helpful yeah yeah and there's this other um idea in mindfulness which is acceptance um mm-hmm. which i think is also important and you can also think of acceptance as sort of like um openness or more like a willingness to be able to feel what's there mm-hmm um, oftentimes you could think the opposite is sort of like struggle, which is like our anxiety shows up um, and then we start to get into a big internal fight with it. Um, like we don't like the anxiety, we try to push it away or we try to run away from our anxiety or we start to argue with our anxiety. Yeah. Um, or we, you know, very common is we kind of criticize ourselves for having anxiety or mm-hmm. something wrong with me. And so self-criticism can show up um, with anxiety all the time. Um, so acceptance is sort of being able to kind of drop all of that and just kind of be with, um, with what is and to kind of be open to it and willingness to feel, um, your, your feelings. So, yeah. Well, and I think for a lot of people who have anxiety, you know, who haven't, 
um, actively worked on it, or maybe um, this is how they've, you know, sort of coped with it is that denial or pushing away or busyness to keep it at bay until you yeah. lie down to fall asleep at night. And there it is. But yeah. um, that it feels uh, uncomfortable to really allow it and accept it. Mm-hmm. And that can be a challenge. Yeah, yeah. It can certainly feel uncomfortable, especially at first. Um, yeah. <laughs> I often say sometimes it feels like it's getting worse before it gets better. Yeah. <laughs> because when you become more aware of your anxiety and it sort of comes more to the surface, you actually start to feel it more. Um, and it can also often feel worse. Um, but with time, if you continue to practice acceptance and openness, then it tends to ease out. Um, but yeah, it can be hard at first, for sure. Yeah. So as you said, it's a practice. The whole mindfulness part of it is a practice. And um, mm-hmm. well, and I think, too, the compassion piece enters into that little bit as well as like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when it is hard to know that you're not the only person struggling, you know, too, that, mm-hmm. yes, this is hard, but this is. Yeah, you're. You're not alone, um, for sure, in in your struggles. And compassion, I think, is also about kind of creating safety um, within ourselves to mm-hmm. kind of create a safe space that we can be with our feelings and still, you know, feel safe and loved and, and be okay yeah. um, that we're feeling the way that we are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, so... Before we, you know, I do want to talk about um, mindfulness in, and how that can be a, um, helpful within relationships. But mm-hmm. I just wanted to read a quick little talking about space and how mindfulness has helped you. You, you say on your website, yoga yeah. and mindfulness provide me with a sense of inner peace and lightheartedness. They have helped me create a more peaceful and loving relationship with my mind, body, and emotions. And I thought that was really, um, I don't know, it's just a very all-encompassing process to me, the whole mindfulness piece, is that we are learning Mm -hmm. to accept and allow all the stuff that comes up with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not about trying to get rid of the anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's just about being with it in a in a more peaceful way. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost yeah. Befri- befriending it. <laughs> right, oh, right. Mm-hmm. Which also, I think, for some people, is like, what? <laughs> what <laughs> do you mean? Yeah. I don't want to be friends with it. <laughs> of course, yeah. It, it, it's a it's a process. You start off by hating it <laughs> and, and really don't like it, and then with more exposure you eventually kind of get to neutral oh i'm okay with it and then eventually you can kind of be okay and like it well yeah and Mm -hmm. and what i have learned in my own journey through therapy and just mindfulness and is that actually the anxiety really brings to the surface things that i am struggling with that i have sort of pushed away for a long time you know it really brings to the surface how some of these past stories that we incorporate into our being, like I am this kind mm-hmm. of a person, or this is, you know, or no one's going to listen to me, or whatever it is, like these stories we've incorporated mm-hmm. from our lives. And it kind of is a little like, <clears throat> ding, 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 you know, here I am again. <laughs> mm-hmm. You should be paying attention. 
Yeah, it reminds us to pay attention, to care for ourselves. Yeah. And, and you know, the other thing our anxiety does is, is it actually points us to our values in a lot of ways. Um, mm. If you think about the things that we worry about the most, that we think about the most, those are often the things that we actually care about the most. Um, yeah, yeah. And so it can kind of show us what really matters to us in a lot of ways. Oh, I love that. I love that mm-hmm. idea. So how, you know, I know you do some... Um, relationship work in your practice and how do you see mindfulness entering that space but also how can it help in a relationship yeah mindfulness um how can it not help Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's i work with a lot of individuals um on their relationship and i think mindfulness can show up um, in a lot of ways we've spoken about but um I think, again, just being in the present moment, um, starting there and kind of when you're with another person, especially with your partner, um, being present with them can make so much of a difference in terms of the relationship. Um, You know, if one person is distracted, always on their phone, you know, whatever, but taking some time with your partner to just be in the here and now with them and really kind of attuned to what's going on. can, can really be helpful um, in terms of building a, a safe relationship. I think that the acceptance piece is also very important uh, in terms of relationships. Applying acceptance in terms of your own feelings and thoughts, but also especially toward your partner um, and what they're kind of going through and what their process is like. And, you know, um, sometimes relationships can get in this dynamic of always trying to change the other person and pointing out their flaws. Uh, etc but acceptance can kind of you can take a step back and just kind of be with the other one and kind of you know accept them for what they are yeah yeah well you know and i think um that is a message that comes up often in sessions with my clients is that Mm -hmm. you know we do often want to change we feel like our anxiety would be better or you know not as intense if the other person would only Mm -hmm. do whatever Mm -hmm. it is when really like the change can ultimately only come from within ourselves i mean yes their things can change but really it has to be us that you know whether it is being more present or mm-hmm. more accepting or more compassionate, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. or insightful. Um, yeah, yeah, that it does have to come from us. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes we sort of the way that we we treat others is sometimes the way that we treat ourselves too. Oh, yeah, and um, so if we become more accepting to ourselves, we can become more accepting to our partner, and sometimes that can really just shift the relationship if we start to be the one that's more present and accepting it can kind of shift the whole energy of the the relationship oh yeah well and two uh, accepting and the whole compassion piece too like Mm -hmm. if we can be compassionate towards ourselves it what i've noticed is that i become more aware of when i think other people are judging me and then i'm like well wait a minute maybe it's me that's judging myself and Mm -hmm. can i find that compassion and then it feels it does create that space in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it can also help you, um, I think, with setting good boundaries in relationships, which is important, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing that, uh, you know, if the other person is not being very loving and that you need to kind of step away and take a break, yeah. um, which is, you know, good, just good self-care, which is 
oh so important in relationships as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that too, because yes, yes, if uh-huh. someone isn't treating you the way, yes, you would want someone to treat you or you would treat yourself, that's important to notice too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you had a tip or resources that you felt like it would really be important for listeners to know and understand what what might that be and it could be both a tip and a resource so hmm yeah let's see uh well i think mindfulness practices are great (laughs) um (laughs) that would be my tip was is to start there um and there's so many there's so many ways to sort of practice mindfulness um you know uh, the traditional way is more like formal meditation which um i think is great uh me myself, I go to like different meditation groups, and I find meditating with a group to be really helpful. Um, so finding both the practice and like a support system to help you with your mindfulness practice um, mm-hmm. can be really powerful. Um, today, there's you know a whole bunch of apps out there that people use for mindfulness, which is great. Um, yeah, you know, audio CDs, YouTube videos. There's a ton of books. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love. Thich Nhat Hanh is one of my favorite authors. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I would recommend creating some sort of mindfulness practice for yourself. And, and, and yoga, I think, could be a good practice. Could be movement or getting into nature. Anything that kind of gets you into the present moment with, like, this openness and acceptance piece. Nice. Um, and I know um, that you have some resources also on your website. You have a game or maybe mm-hmm. more than one game? Yeah, I have two tell games us, out now. Tell yeah. us about that. Um, yeah, so that is, the first one's called The Mindful Bus, mm-hmm. um, and the other one's called Drop the Rope. And those are two games which are sort of based off of acceptance and commitment therapy, which is the type of therapy I do with clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you can check that out at themindfulbus.com. Um, I could briefly explain the games if you'd like to, Sure. Uh, give well, us a yeah. Give us an sure. overview of what they are. So, um, the mindful bus is based off of this metaphor, which uh, is that your life is like a bus, and that you are the bus driver. And the idea is to sort of determine the direction you want the bus to go, and that represents your values, the things that are important to you. Um, now, also on your bus, you have a bunch of passengers on your bus, and those represent your thoughts, your feelings, past experiences, um, you know, your parents are often on your bus as passengers and those passengers show up and sometimes try to tell you which direction to drive your bus, um, which, what to do with your life, how to live your life. Mm. And so the idea of the game is to sort of, there's different cards and uh, they have different mindfulness exercises. So to, to use mindfulness to kind of let go of these unhelpful passengers and come back to your values and the direction you want your life to go. Oh, nice. I like that. Yeah. Um, the other one is called Drop the Rope, which is uh, based on this other metaphor that we kind of, like I mentioned, we get into these big internal struggles with ourselves, with our emotions typically. And it can kind of feel like a tug of war battle uh, sometimes with our anxiety. Um, and Drop the Rope is sort of the idea that we don't have to keep fighting with this anxiety monster if we don't want to. Um, it's very tempting sometimes to keep fighting with, with it, to try to push it away or prove it wrong or whatever we do. Uh, but we can ultimately just learn to let go of this battle that we're having 
and to kind of uh, do something more in line with our values in our life. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. They both sound yeah. great. I have not tried them, but um, I think I heard you talk about the Mindful Bus with Lourdes Viado on her podcast, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, do you have any upcoming projects or things that you would like the listeners to know about? And how would they find you if they wanted to? Yeah. Um, so you can check me out at my website, uh, com. And I have uh, a newsletter up there that I, I send out once a month. It's completely free, and you can sign up for it. And it's all tips about um, cultivating mindfulness in your life and helping yourself with anxiety using mindfulness. <laughs> so that's uh, a completely free resource that I have on my website for anyone that wants to sign up for it. Awesome. And I will say uh, I'll advocate for the newsletter. I get that, and I um, always get something meaningful out of it. So I appreciate your offering that for free. Yeah, no problem. It's, it's a pleasure to write. So Nice. Well, Alice, I really appreciate the time you took with us today. And, um, you know, I will um, have all the resources that you mentioned on the sh- in the show notes. And thanks again. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's fun. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Ellis Edmonds. I think what really struck me was that no matter what the cause or where your anxiety, um, where it stems from, where it grows from, how it came about, that mindfulness can really help you call a truce with your anxiety. It can help you learn how to not only accept, but maybe even learn how to appreciate what your anxiety wants you to know in those moments when you're anxious. As Ellis said, anxiety can really help you tune into your values and what's important to you. So that's really powerful and kind of an exciting way to look at it. So I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope you found this podcast interesting and helpful. If you have suggestions for what you would like to hear on the podcast in future episodes, please feel free to reach out through my website, womanwarriors.com. Click on the contact me button and shoot me an email. Have a wonderful week. Ciao for now from this woman warrior. Thanks for listening and subscribing to the Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, and links to the guests' profiles at womanwarriors.com.